You're listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with your dating coach, Trip from TripAdvice.com. Do you struggle with getting girls to like you? You'll learn step-by-step how to talk to girls to create deep connections, whether it be for <laughs> one night of wild fun, a one-week fling. Are you currently involved in a sexual relationship? Or for a lifelong partner. Full of long-lasting pleasure. Here's your host, Trip. Hello and welcome to the How to Talk to Girls podcast. This is your host, Trip from tripadvice.com. Today we have an interview and it's with Dr. Shannon Chavez. Now, Dr. Shannon is a very, very smart woman who shares with us a lot of the myths around sex, how women feel about sex, what they want in the bedroom. And we also talk about how to please a woman for the first time that you have sex with her. And also she gives some really cool tips on what you can do to have a better sex life and a better masturbation life. And we talk about that towards the end. So I highly suggest you stick around and listen to the whole podcast. It's a short one. Unfortunately, she couldn't stay that long because she is a very, very busy doctor with a lot of clients all uh, you know, surrounding this idea of sexual health and wellness. And towards the end, she'll tell you how you can work with her if you're interested in working with a psychologist and working with a, a coach, basically, in the sex-related area. So all those great things and more on this interview with Dr. Shannon Chavez. Check it out. And don't forget to check her out at drshannonchavez.com if you want to learn more about her or working with her. That's drshannonchavez.com. All right, enough of this introduction. Here's my interview with the doctor. Hello, Dr. Shannon Chavez. I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Big welcome to you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's very rare that I actually have a doctor on the podcast. In fact, I've, we've already done maybe 140 episodes, and I don't know if I've even had one on. I think you might be the first. So if you are, congratulations. <laughs> no, but I'm really excited having you on because... Um, you know, we were talking before this, and it seems like you know a lot in terms of the area of sex and dating. And, uh, you know, you work with a lot of men, you work with a lot of women, and you seem to understand the ins and outs, no pun intended, of sex and, uh, and the myths behind it <laughs> and how men and women feel about it and things like that. And so that's why I wanted to have you on today to, to kind of talk about that stuff. So how, do that, how does that sound to you? That sounds great. You know, those are areas that I'm passionate about helping people with because it creates a lot of distress and problems that don't need to be there. So any way that I can give good information, I'm willing to do that. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. So yeah, we'll get into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you, how you got into this, how long you've been doing this for, so you know, the guys who are listening can get an idea of who you are and how you got started. All right. Hi, guys. I am a licensed clinical psychologist and a certified sex therapist. So my practice is primarily around sexual health and wellness. And I work with all ages of adults. And a big part of my practice is coaching in adult sex education. I like to fill in the gaps of the areas that we just didn't get growing up, whether it was in our own families or in our education or even in our relationships. I think there's a lot of bad information out there. 
in my practice, uh, whether it's therapy or coaching or education, is all about sexual healing. So giving people permission to be sexual, having them find their sexuality and empower them around that at any age. And a big piece of it is debunking all the bad information about sex that's out there and helping people feel more informed about who they are as a sexual being. Yeah. And cool. I got in I got I, I got into this work really early on. I, I was gonna go into the medical field and I realized that sex was an area that I enjoyed talking about. And I grew up in a pretty conservative family where sex was uh, not talked about very much and I realized that whether it was my family or people around me, that this was very common, that people didn't talk about sex, yet obviously everyone's having sex, that's how we all got here. So it became a big passion of mine to understand and, and really know why people aren't talking about it and how I can help bridge that gap for people, whether it was in the medical or psychological or relational area in their life, to make sex an easy and not taboo topic. So I ventured out, and this is my specialty, and I've been doing it ever since. Very cool. Let's hop right into it. You know, what you said there kind of struck a chord. You said something about debunking the ideas around sex. So let's go more into that. What do you mean by that? Like, What, are, what do we have to debunk here? What are we debunking? Why are we debunking? What's, what's, what are these people's beliefs that are so false? Sure. Well, let's take some of the male beliefs. I think a lot of men come in and they feel that they should have high libidos and high desire and be able to please any women that they come in contact with. And there's this myth around men being machines when it comes to sex and there not being an emotional element to sex for men. And I think that's very, uh, very much not the truth. I think that, you know, all of us, whether we're male or female, have a mind, body, heart, and spirit component to sex, and there is no normal when it comes to sex. So another big myth is that there's this idea of great sex or amazing, mind-blowing sex, and I think sex is, is unique to every one of us. And I, I get the question quite often. People come in and say, how can I have great sex? And I always say, that's a wonderful question. Well, what is great sex? And they often say, well, I was hoping you could tell me. And I give them this response, well, my idea of great sex is probably not your idea of great sex. So we kind of laugh over that. And I think a lot of it is, you know, there's this idea that we're, am I normal? And that's a big myth, that there's some norm around sex that we're all trying to meet and that there's certain ideals and images that we have to fulfill in order to be great sexual partners. And that's just not the case. I think, uh, you know, anyone can be a great sexual partner or amazing at sex. It has more to do with attitude and motivation than it does uh, with skills and what you're doing sexually. How do you mean by that? I think that uh, we focus a lot in this culture around the mechanics of sex, what we're doing, whether it's the acts or the positions or what we bring in and how our genitals are working. But a lot of it is uh, about pleasure and play, which is the piece that we don't focus on enough with sex. We have a very performance-focused model of sex, and that's why we have this huge industry around sexual dysfunction. But for the most part, sex can be anything. It can be any way that your body gives and receives pleasure with another person. So if you think about all the possibilities in that, it may be less about what you're doing, but more about how you're connecting with another human being. So what if you two are 
in bed eating ice cream together because that sounds pleasurable that you know and you're doing it with someone else would that be something that you would consider sexual Absolutely. There could be eroticism in that. And I use food quite a bit in my examples with sex because food is a drive. We're motivated for different types of food. We have different menus that we crave and desire. And it's very similar to sex. We have different erotic menus and cravings. And not all sex is the same. When we, send, when we tend to run into problems around sex, it's because we're getting bored because there's too many routines and too much of the same thing. And with sexuality and eroticism, we like variety. We like different things. Novelty is a big part of our desire. It actually can uh, create increases in hormones that are responsible for sexual desire. So sitting in bed eating ice cream can be erotic, whether you're feeding each other the ice cream. I always tell my clients eating a meal together is one of the best forms of foreplay because it's a way that you're connected, you're making eye contact, you're enjoying something, you're, you're uh, you know, satiating this hunger. It's a very good way to start that desire before you even get into the bedroom. And of course, hopefully the cell phones are put away so you can really focus on that connection with the person that you're with. Absolutely. And it can be playful and fun at the same time. I like that. I like that. So what do you think a guy should be focusing on when he's about to have sex with a woman for the first time? What are some of the areas? He, you know, you're saying he shouldn't really be worried or thinking too much about performance and technique and things like that. Um, so what are some of the things that would help a guy in terms of a, a first-time sexual encounter to make it pleasurable for him, of course, and, and for her as well. My biggest piece of advice for men is to not be so penis-focused. I think men put a lot of power into the penis being the primary source of pleasure for a woman. And the truth is that there's a very small percentage of women that can orgasm through intercourse alone. So I always tell men that we actually have three major sexual organs, our mouths, uh, genitals, and the hands. So to remember during a sexual experience to integrate play with all of these different parts. And the biggest piece before any touching or connection occurs is to feel very relaxed. I think if you go in focusing on the outcome, whether it be orgasm or, you know, blowing your mind with some great sex, I think that's going to become a distraction and it doesn't allow you to be present and in the moment, which is a big problem with sex nowadays. We're too goal oriented and they, that creates tension and pressure, which is going to affect how you're feeling and how you're connecting with a partner. So I think for the most part, relax and take it slow. I think slow sex is some of the best sex. And, uh, you know, allow your body to be fully engaged during sex. And the genitals and everything else are, are there and can be part of the play, but they don't have to be the primary focus. I like that. I like that. Yeah, it reminds me of just, you know, kind of more like Buddhist concepts, you know, really feeling everything, being in the moment, you know, breathing through it all and just enjoying all the pleasures and sensations rather than like you were saying, which brings a really good point of this idea of being so penis focused, you know, guys are really, you know, interested in, in putting their penis inside something warm, you know, and then that's all they care about where sex as you're saying can be deeper than that. It can be better than that. It can be more sensual, um, even more spiritual in ways. Am I getting that right? 
Absolutely. And there's other parts of the body that you can penetrate. You can use the tongue to penetrate a partner's mouth. And it actually anatomically echoes sex. And what that means is that in the brain, once that happens, it sends the same signal and reward as it would if you were actually penetrating with your penis. And the same with sucking on fingers and toes, that's sort of a phallic object and an orifice, and it creates that same sense of sexual pleasure. So that's why we want to engage the body, be very present and mindful, and allow the, the penis to be a part of it as well, but not the main focus. And I think men learn that from a very young age around their own sexual education and experience, uh, especially if we, we think of pornography. In pornography, it's, it's all about the penis. And there's this education around or, or this entertainment around, uh, you know, display and that being the primary source of a woman's pleasure. So, yeah, we give men permission to explore outside of the body and look at how uh, these other parts of their bodies can give a woman pleasure. Yeah, I like that. That's really good. That's really good. So let me ask you a question. You know, I was just thinking about this. You work with a lot of women and, uh, you know, of course, men too. But but you, you definitely hear, you know, some of the um, complaints. You also hear a lot of the positives of, of women's sexual experiences. Maybe you can tell us, you know, so the guys who are listening can really understand, you know, what are some of the women complaining about when it comes to sex? And what are some of the women saying that are positive about their sexual experiences? So guys can kind of learn what to do and what not to do. So they're, you know, definitely focused on, you know, pleasing their partner or whoever they're having sex with beyond themselves. I think the biggest complaint of women is that men are not taking their time with sex. Now, biologically, it takes a woman's body 20 minutes to become fully aroused. So for men, that would mean, you know, imagine it would take your body 20 minutes to become fully erect. And that's what's going on in a woman's body. So much of her sexual anatomy is interior. So what we want is uh, men to slow down and take their time. Foreplay is essential, and it doesn't necessarily have to be certain acts or techniques. Foreplay is about showing your woman that you desire her. And that's a big part of how a woman is wired sexually, to feel desired and wanted. That's why women crave romance so much. It's an act of desire for your partner. So women are really hungry for that, more romance, more slowing down, Having a man really take her body in and pleasure her body from head to toe, not only the breasts and genitals. I hear that a lot from women. They're going straight for these two parts, and I think a woman really wants a man to engage her heart first and to let her know that she is the only one and that he wants her. And what women are really liking around sex is that uh, men are learning new techniques and trying new things. I think that's exciting for both men and women, and it gets couples out of a routine. I think a lot of the time sex happens at the same time, the same way. There's a script around how it happens, and boredom is a very big part of what happens when our desire decreases. We just get tired of doing the same thing. Back to my food analogy, it'd be like eating the same meal all the time. We you know, wouldn't be that excited for it after having it so many times. So women like variety and they like that men are open to learning new ways to please each other and that they are adventurous in the bedroom. 
You know, that's really interesting. I mean, this is even interesting to me hearing this, you know, just confirming that a lot of women I feel are very similar to men when it comes to sex. I mean, you're saying things that, you know, I've thought myself and I've heard from other guys about, you know, wanting to be adventurous in the bedroom, not wanting to stick to a routine, wanting to, you know, break out of the mold and, and try new things. I, I don't think a lot of men are really aware that women want that as much as a guy does, you know. I think, I don't know, I, I just have this feeling that a lot of guys think that, you know, sex for women is all just about, you know, missionary, going slow, and, and that's pretty much it. But no, there's all different types of sex and there's all different types of things you could do to really spice it up in the bedroom. Like we said earlier, eating ice cream in bed, who knew that could be something sexual? Right, absolutely. And trying, uh, you know, even sexual devices, so pleasure devices, sex toys, it, you know, a lot of women have have uh, hesitation in bringing it up to a partner. They may feel that he, he, you know, he will feel embarrassed or that it might be threatening to him. But I think, you know, sex toys are a great third party to bring into the bedroom. And there's a lot of, uh, a lot of different things you can do with them. I, I call them body massagers. You don't have to use them only on your uh, genitals. You can use them on different parts of the body and it creates different sensations, which is a fun form of sensual play. Awesome. I like it. I like it. So what are some other uh, maybe myths around sex that you can share with us or how women feel about sex or, or something that, you know, is, is kind of like, whoa, you know, we didn't know that. Like, let's just say that you were, you know, at a dinner party with someone who you, who you wanted to uh, impress with some of your interesting stories. Like, what would you say? Like, what, what, what kind of things have you heard? Uh, what are some things that, you know, it'd be like, wow, that's something that most people don't know about. And again, you're kind of like the person who's on the forefront of, of everything sexual because you work with so many clients around that area. So does anything come to mind there? I think uh, the biggest one is that our brain is our biggest sex organ and sexual fantasy is essential for sexual health. And I think a lot of people feel uh, embarrassed or shame around fantasies, especially women. And I, I always invite fantasy in because it gives you a lot of insight into what you want and need sexually. And the biggest myth is that we should only fantasize about our partners. I think that is uh, why it creates so much shame. I think that a fantasy is not necessarily an intention to act out these behaviors, but it is part of what gets you going and aroused and turned on sexually. So I give people permission to fantasize outside of their relationship. It's not necessarily a sign of something going wrong or that uh, you should only, you know, I think we're unrealistic in that we feel that we should only fantasize about the one we love. So that's one of the biggest myths that I hear quite a bit. And the other being that, uh, masturbation is not important. You know, what, what people say, well, we're having sex. Why should I masturbate? And I say masturbation is equally as important as any other sexual activity and that we should do it more frequently than not, especially women, because it helps with, pelvic floor strengthening. There's a lot of health benefits, including, uh, you know, it regulates hormones. It helps with sleep. It makes your skin look amazing. And it also can increase your arousal and desire response. So it's going to make it a lot easier to orgasm and climax during sex. So 
masturbation is not a bad word and it's actually a great thing for couples to do together. Mutual masturbation is an activity that I'll recommend quite a bit and it, a lot of people are hesitated because masturbation is a private behavior. We don't necessarily think about having anyone watch us but it can give us a lot of information to see your partner pleasure their own body and it can open up new areas you might want to explore together. How often do you think a guy should be masturbating? Is there any kind of number that you see in terms of how often a guy should or should not be doing it? I don't think there's really a, a, an important number around frequency. I would say what's more important is how he's masturbating. So what I have men do is uh, change up your style of masturbation. Most men have been masturbating the same way since they started. And so I have them bury that, you know, adding lubrication, trying new sensations, also using your non-dominant hand. That also brings a whole new uh, body-based sexual awareness. And changing it up, just like we talked about sexual activity, you want to change up your masturbation so your body's also not getting conditioned to the same old thing. That's going to help men with erectile response and uh, maintaining their ejaculatory control. So that, you know, there's positive benefits to that. And then as far as frequency, I would say uh, just to, you know, it, it's fine to masturbate on a daily basis, it, you know, just to, to try new things and integrate that into your normal routine is always a good thing. That's fantastic. You know, I know we're running out of time now because you're super busy with clients and I'm glad we got to at least talk for, for this amount of time. This is very helpful and I think guys will get a lot out of it. Uh, just tell us where can guys find you if they wanted to work with you and, and what kind of male clients do you work with so guys kind of know what to reach out to you for. Sure. So you can reach me on my website, which is www.drshannonchavez.com. And I work with males around all areas of sexual health and mental health. So a lot of my clients are dealing with stress or job transitions. They may be dealing with a relationship that they don't know whether they want to keep going or uh, if it's the right path. And so we do a lot of coaching and therapy around exploring what they're looking for in a relationship. And if they have any barriers around intimacy, looking at how to overcome those barriers, whether it be in communication or opening up emotionally or sexually with a partner. And as far as sexual concerns, I deal with everything from erectile issues, uh, wanting to learn new techniques and ways that you can sort of expand and explore your sexual potential, and maybe other areas, including pornography and sexual compulsivity, and uh, areas around communication as well. Communication is a big area and barrier for a lot of uh, men and women. And so we will talk about a lot of techniques to become better communicators and, and letting people know what we want, being assertive, and also uh, being effective in, in solving problems and, and dealing with things that come up in life and relationships. Wow. I love it. That's fantastic. So you heard it here. If you have any of those concerns, issues, or anything there stuck out to you, go check her out, Dr. Shannon Chavez. Com, and I'll put that in the show notes. Dr. Shannon, thank you so much once again for coming on and, and sharing all this great information with us. Great. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. 
Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and write a review. Over 18 and want a question answered on the podcast? Email all your questions to trip at tripadvice.com.